You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Jay Schiffman. On this show, I interview people with lived and learned experiences on subjects of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy. But occasionally, we talk about other topics as well. On this week's show, I interview Nahal and Anika of the Desi Spark podcast. But first, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way. But you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday. But today is for a new weekend. Choose your struggle. And don't worry about what they say. But you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back. Just that day. Come on in, listen in to Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. It's so great to be back with you all. My voice is a little a little raspy. I, I just got off of an hour, shoot, almost hour and a half. Wow, hour and a half interview. Uh, that was a long one. With the guys at the Extreme Common Sense podcast, uh, they were wonderful. We talked uh, drug use, drug policy. I mean, it was fantastic, uh, but it was a long one. <laughs> um, and I'll definitely everyone should should check them out when it drops. I'll promote it all over my social media, that kind of thing. Uh, before we get into this week's show, a couple of quick things. Thank you to everybody who keeps reaching out about Made It. Yes, people still are. I love it. Please keep it up. Um, please keep listening. If you've not listened, go check it out. If you've not shared it, please do so. Um, it really makes a difference. Uh, that that extreme common sense actually. Uh, they found me from the Yes Magazine article, uh, which I'm I'm pitching things all over right now. If you are looking for someone to write about drug policy, drug use, that kind of thing, I am your guy. Um, but you know, sharing really makes a difference. They, somebody was like, Hey, this person would be good for your show. You should check them out. And they invited me on the show. So, uh, you know, please share this work. Uh, it would mean a lot to me. Uh, reviews keep coming in have made it of this show too. You heard me talk about the ratings disappearing last week. Please keep rating and reviewing. I love that. I see it. I appreciate it. Speaking of the yes magazine, um, I, yes, was very kind. They sent me uh, some some copies. So I'm going to give a couple away. Uh, the first the first giveaway is going to be anybody who, I'm going to keep saying this, you, you got to do it, uses the pod inbox link in my show notes. Not only are you getting a swag pack if, you're, you're, um, if your comment get, makes it on the air, but the first person who hears it this week will get a copy of the Yes magazine uh, that has my article in it uh, sent to them. So um, definitely, definitely uh, try that out. Um, it, it's for anyone. So go to podinbox.com slash choose your struggle or something like that. It's in the show notes um, and I will definitely link it multiple times in the show notes. So check that out and use it and you will get a copy of the magazine. Uh, real quick on this, um, there is a pretty high likelihood that I will be off next week. Uh, if it's not next week, I will be off the week after, but I, I would say it's it's about 90% that it'll be next week. Um, a, a member of uh, Lauren's family is in their final days uh, of, of with a battle with a health issue. 
um, that they are unfortunately going to lose their life to. So uh, I will be obviously uh, doing doing that, uh, being being a good partner to her over the next week. Um, and, and again, we're, we're kind of waiting and seeing right now, but the funeral will most likely will be next week. Um, if you hear me next week, if I'm like, Hey guys, it's me. Uh, that means that it'll be that, that the funeral is the week after, and then you won't get a, a, a show the week after, but most likely it's not going to be next week. So, um, if you don't hear me, that's why. All right. So this week's show, um, it's very special. There's, there's multiple guests, uh, I say this on the on the uh, beginning of the interview, but you know I don't do multiple guests that often. Uh, but these two were incredible. Uh, I, I say this on the interview as well, but it's it, it, the this show was recommended to me by one of y'all. I cannot remember who it was. I'm sorry, um, but whoever it was, please reach out and remind me. Uh, in fact, leave it on the pod and box. Be like, you idiot! It was me. Um, that would be that would be very funny. I'll play it on the next episode. It is the host of the Desi Spark. Desi Spark. Uh, they are first. The first host is Anika Sharma. Uh, she she lives in New York. Uh, she works as a health communications manager by day, but is also a multi time published writer and a podcaster. Her book, The Chai Masala Club, a South Asian rom com, it, it sold very well. You should definitely check it out. And her first uh, novel, Love, Chai, and the Other Four-Letter Words, was named an Amazon Editor's Pick. And she has also been a writer to watch by Apple. So definitely check out her work. I'll link that in the show notes. And the other host is Nahal Tanani. And Nahal is a travel and lifestyle blogger. She's a podcaster uh, and a content marketing manager in Silicon Valley. She she's a I, I follow her stuff. She is a really creative uh, content person. Uh, I would definitely recommend you you check her stuff out again. It'll be in the show notes. She's worked with some really incredible brands that you all know, including Misguided and Bondi Boost. Uh, and, and really, overall, I think the message to take away from this is that they are both incredibly talented and the Desi Spark is is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, they were actually recently all over uh, the country, most mostly LA, I think, but but around the country on billboards for Spotify, who was promoting their work. Um, I I was was lucky enough to to you know e meet them, uh, and and then uh, it's just been nice getting to know them. They're wonderful, wonderful women. And, and they're doing some really cool work that you should all check out. Um, without further ado, check out this awesome conversation I had with the co-hosts of the Desi Spark. If you've been following the show for a while, you know I'm a huge fan of Roadrunner CBD. I use all of their products. Seriously, I run through a tub of their muscle gel every couple of weeks because I'm in my 30s and everything hurts. Their balm is perfect for keeping my skin smooth and healthy, and I mix their CBD flower with every joint I roll to give my high that perfect equilibrium I'm always looking for. So to change your life with Roadrunner CBD's products, go to roadrunnercbd.com ref cys. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com ref, R-E-F cys. And use the code cys at checkout for 10% off. Trust me, you're going to want to try this out. Check them out today. 
Support us on Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash choose your struggle or at the link in your show notes. Welcome back to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. It's great to be back with you all as always. We have a really special episode today, not be- only because the, the, the guests are all stars, but as you just heard me say, it's because we have guests plural that's pretty pretty fun that's not a thing we do that often here uh but these two are a tag team that are really doing some pretty incredible work that we will obviously get into but before we do that if y'all wouldn't mind introducing yourself to my listeners okay. <laughs> listeners they're, they're deferring to each other that's that's the pause <laughs> literally pointing at her like you want to go and she's doing the same <laughs> hi everyone my name is Anika Sharma and I am a communications project manager by day at Cornell Medicine and by night I am a agented and published author and of course as we know the co-host and co-founder of uh, that they see spark podcast and my name is Nehal Tanani. I work at a startup in Silicon Valley called Gong as a content marketing manager. And then I'm also a travel and lifestyle blogger at NehalTanani.com. And I get to work with this beautiful Anika Sharma for our podcast, That Daisy Spark, as well. So my listeners know, because this is something that that I've been trying to do, uh, I really doubled down on here in season three. And that is only interviewing a, a fellow podcast host of shows I actually listen to. Uh, so I'm very delighted to have you both here today. Your show is recommended to me. I, I, I'm so sorry. One of my listeners, I'm going to say this. I actually went back in my email because somebody reached out last season and was like, you need to talk to, to these amazing people. And I oh, cannot yeah. find the email. I'm so sorry. Listener, <laughs> you know who you are. Please feel free to reach out and be like, you asshole, that was me. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's so it's so awesome to meet you, you, you both in, in, in quote unquote in person. Um, as my listeners know, and as we talked about right before we started recording, the, the, the most important thing I think to set up before we talk about your work is is why. You know, we that's the the Simon Sinek book, start with why. For, for the two of you, help help the listeners understand what was it that made you want to do? And, and I guess in this case, we're really talking about the show and, and the advocacy work. So largely, this is about almost three years ago. Nahal, I can't believe I'm about to say that because it's blowing my mind right now. But uh, in 2018, I had just moved to New York and my friend was like, you know, I, one of my best friends said, you know, you have a lot to say. You should start a podcast. And I was like, I just don't, I just started a new job. I have this book that needs to come out. Like, I just don't have the time. And obviously a month later, the idea stuck and we started this, this podcast. I actually met Nahal through a Facebook call for co-hosts that I put out in a group. And it wasn't anything that we had no idea all of this was coming. So that's amazing. And I, first off, shout out to the listener who emailed you about getting us on here because we're excited <laughs> to be here in the first place. But also it was just one of those things where we just realized the podcasting space at the time was crazy white. And we were just lacking any South Asian representation. And I know the word representation has been getting thrown around a lot in the last few years, especially with now TV shows in the last, through the pandemic, I feel like media especially started realizing, oh my gosh, we have a serious diversity problem. But it was really old for both of us because we both are avid podcast listeners to sit there and go, there's no one that sounds like us in terms of being these millennial women who are South Asian American and specifically Indian American. And it just got old. And then realizing that there's a whole population that's going through issues by themselves and for infertility, LGBTQ rights, we're looking at, you know, honor based violence, and it's all quiet, and everyone is struggling in silence, and it just seemed wrong. And so 
it was easy for us to just start talking about it, to do our research and to talk about learning and growing alongside our listeners. But we started pulling in experts who actually know what they're talking about and who can give us some examples of what advocacy looks like, what learning looks like, what sort of these topics um, kind of present themselves as and how people in the South Asian American community can kind of cope with them so that they don't feel as alone. So that's sort of how we got to where we are. And um, it's been awesome. And we're learning every day and we F up all the time. And, you know, we're right there alongside our listeners, I think. I think also like the vision of the podcast has also evolved over time. Mm -hmm. I think when we first started, we had about six people on the podcast and, you know, having six people on one podcast is a shit show. And so we decided that, okay, let's try to figure out what we're trying to convey as a message. And then we kind of brought it down to us too, the two people willing to commit, two people willing to put in the work and really willing to take this a long way. And so after we did that, we realized like, okay, yes, we're very passionate about advocacy. And so our original name of our podcast was actually called The Woke They See. So the meaning of woke at the time was during this entire upbringing of the word, like everyone was using the word woke because it meant it was related to advocacy and social justice issues. Recently, in December of last year, we decided the word, word woke was dead because we thought that the word woke was being misused. And we also heard a lot of like celebrities come out and just say that it was too politically correct and incorrect. And the scope of our podcast had changed too. And so we decided to change the name to that they see spark. And what our mission evolve, like I said, if we continue to push advocacy, but also focus on representation. And it kind of grew the entire podcast of like what kind of guests we could bring, because it wasn't just social justice related or just advocacy related, but we were able to get like celebrities, we were able to get influencers and chefs and everything, anyone that was South Asian and kind of be like, hey, you have that Daisy spark in you. We have that Daisy spark in us. So let's kind of bring together a community. I, I love all that so much. And and you just did something so perfectly that I should have done before we even started any of this, which was you, we defined a couple of words here. Woke obviously being the one that it's a little played out and more more worse than that, it's co-opted by some people mm -hmm. that are using it yeah. in the yeah. less than less than genuine uh, uh, use of the word. Now, I do have to say, because I don't think, well, I know this from my statistics, that most of my listeners are not South Asian. Would one of you mind defining the word Desi for us? Yeah, so Desi tends to refer to anybody who is from the South Asian diaspora. But to be completely frank, there is a whole lot of debate about that, too, just because people identify as so many different things. So some people are like, no, I'm South Asian. That's it. I'm Indian, specifically, or even the you know, 29 states in India, I am one of those states specifically. So identity varies across the board. But for us, they see was a word that we felt like we could relate to. And it kind of referred to our background. But essentially, it's anyone who comes from the South Asian region, which encompasses um, seven to eight countries, depending on what your definition is, and uh, anyone who has origins in those countries, whether they're first generation, second generation immigrants themselves, whatever. Well, thank you so much for that. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. And I know the listeners who may not be familiar with that it, it would you know, appreciate it as well. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago now, as we're recording this, I was at a podcast movement evolutions. And as, as I know, one, one of you were, uh, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. uh, and we okay. missed our, we missed each other somehow. We spoke on separate days, but we, 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 we didn't, we didn't cross paths. And, you know, the, the talk of representation is something that was actually brought up a couple of times, not enough. Um, and, and still, you know, that this was this was sort of an aside that my listeners know 
because I talked about it when, when I was in Nashville at their last uh, conference back in August, that the only minority um, speakers were on panels about diversity, which is just, well, let's be honest, it's real fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but when we talk about diversity in this space, it's mostly, you know, American people of color, black and brown Americans, we don't get this Daisy or, 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 or mm -hmm. any sort of Asian representation yeah. in this space. Uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about the work more in the second half, but when it came to actually seeing your podcast, as you mentioned before, you weren't seeing a lot of people like you, you know, I guess I want to pat you on the back here and say that a lot of people see that and go, wow, that's that's a real shame. And other people go, wow, that's a shame. And I'm going to do something about it. So where did that decision come from? You know, tell us about the, you know, the finding each other on the Facebook. I mean, how did the actual decision to get start, you know, go? It was one of those things where I think it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. And also just I was just tired of it. I kind of was like, you know, I really wanted at the time, it's funny that Nahal mentions the shift that we've had in the vision of the podcast, because when we originally started, we were thinking it would be something like the real meet sex in the city. It would be more of like a girl talky kind of grabbing a cup of chai, sitting in your living room and having a chat kind of a, a podcast. It still sort of is. I mean, me and Nahal are really, really close friends. And so there is still that vibe. But Originally, when we started, we had those six co-hosts. None of us knew one another. We all had side hustles that we were putting efforts into other than the podcast and full-time jobs as well. And then we all kind of got together and we couldn't decide on exactly what direction we wanted to go in. And we met on, like I said, on that Facebook group. I had put out a call that was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find someone who can do this with me because a podcast which I don't know if a lot of people know, if you want to turn it into something really big, it takes a lot of work and commitment. But starting a podcast itself, if you're sitting here saying, hey, I want to reach my five friends and that's about it, it's actually not that work intensive. And so I was talking to my brother, who was actually the third member of our team and our, and our co-founder and producer. And I was like, I really want to start this. And he said, well, it's not that hard. Why don't you do it? And so luckily he gave me a little bit of a nudge. And then when I I put this out on Facebook. Nahal was one of the few people who responded in like the most professional, like you could just tell she's a marketer, right? So she, this girl, like the light is shining out of her ass. And she is just like, she's like, hi, I'm Nahal and I'm a blogger and I have this and I talk about relationships all the time. And I have this and she gives me links and she gives me all this stuff. And I was like, this is the only form I saw that I feel like I actually know her after I finished this. And it wasn't just like, I'm kind of vaguely interested in talking about things. And so she, uh, she was the first one that I was like, my brother and I both um, cross checked our lists because we both value very different things. And he and I are very different. And Nahal was number one on both of our lists. And so wow. we were just like, she's a shoe in. This is it. There's, there's no question this girl's doing it. And then as soon as we uh, started the, the show, we started talking to the other co-hosts and it was instantaneous. Like, I was very surprised. There's a little bit of an age gap between us. Um, it's about seven to eight years. And so I was thinking like, oh, she's she's still young. She's like in a different phase of life. She is living life to her fullest. And I am like the settled down, boring geriatric person. Like, how am I feeling about this? And and she and I were just instantaneous. Our, our work ethic and everything was the same. And, and it was really beautiful. And um, when we started taking off and we realized, oh, my God, this is actually a commitment. Um, both of us were in it and we're still in it and we still communicate all the time. And if I'm having a hard time, she takes over. If she's having a hard time, I take over. Like we have our bumps and our bruises, but at the end of the day, it's still a team. So it's kind of nice. And, and it's nice because we've become friends. And as the podcast has grown, we've had to learn about each other. So it's really weird going into a business with someone you've never met and then like 
launching and then having this thing succeed and then going, oh my God, a year later we're LLCing and I had no idea who this girl was a year ago and we're doing it anyway. And it's it's just been a wild, a, a wild ride all together. And you know, it's been, like I said, full of bumps and bruises and, you know, craziness on the way, but, but we're lucky that, that we're here and the journey has been wild. I also think that there was just so many different topics we wanted to talk about. So when mm-hmm. we first started, I remember that first call with all six of us, people were like, Hey, let's talk about mental health. I was like, all right, let's do that. And then they were like, let's yeah. talk about sex and dating. Okay. Let's talk about sex and dating. Wait, what are our parents going to say? Are we allowed to talk about sex and dating? Oh shit. Let's not talk about <laughs> sex and dating. Okay. What do we talk about then? And we're like going in circles, trying to find topics. And we're like, okay, I think the core of all of this that we're saying and our viewpoints is because we're South Asian. Like we don't want to talk about sex and dating too explicitly because, you know, we're South Asian. What if our parents hear it? But then it's like, okay, mental health. Okay, I'm cool with my parents hearing it. But wait, do they know what that is? Does anybody know what that is? Wait, is anyone dealing with whatever I'm dealing with? Okay, that was the common ground right then and there. We were like, we are all South Asian. We need to talk about these topics that are not talked about openly. And the other thing that came across a lot was the generation gap. So I don't know about you, Jay, but I feel like being in my, so I'm in my mid thirties, nails in her mid twenties, even looking at people who are in college now feels like that generation, like that trip, that train has left the station. There is no catching up at this point with me. Like I already feel like I'm 50 years ahead. So I think the other critical point was recognizing like our audience would fall into people like us who are largely millennial. And so that's just who we're targeting. So we're tar- we're targeting people who are outside of college at this point, most of the time, people who are probably a couple years into their career or starting families or navigating relationships or navigating the relationships that failed or figuring out that they don't ever want to be in one. All of those different things and all the nuances, I don't think I've ever learned so damn much as I have since I started the podcast, even about brown people. Like I thought I knew, I thought I was tapped in. I thought I knew things. And then I started this podcast and Nahal can probably say the exact same thing. I don't think we've ever learned so much about our own people and our own selves as we have since we started this thing, thinking that we knew everything there was to know anyway. So you you started this show uh, in a really, you know, all of this has been very positive. I'll say that is my preface going into this, <laughs> but on the negative side, you started this show at a time when the media was really focusing on that, the fact that uh, crimes against Asian people in this country were skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in a way that that topic was not even a page six, page ten story became front mm-hmm. page on the biggest newspapers in the world. While you've been doing this show. I guess was was trying to be more vulnerable and open and advocating for your community during this time. Was that part of the discussion? Yeah, absolutely. I also feel like, I mean, it kind of sucks that it took like a whole year and a half and these Asian hate crimes for us to feel seen a little bit, especially during this time. But I remember in May of last year, when this was all happening, Asian American Pacific Islander Month was happening during May as well. And I felt like that was the first time brands finally were realizing like, this is a bigger issue than like, what has ever happened. And so for us, it turned out that Spotify actually reached out and they put billboards across New York and San Francisco and they asked for our podcast to be featured. I remember going with my parents to see our billboard and I was like, 
look, mom, dad, that's me. And as Indian parents, they were like, oh, finally, now we get what you do. You're a podcaster one and a half years later. I'm like, okay, it took my face being on something like a billboard for you to understand like what we do. We also had um, Forbes reach out and Forbes did an article on minority podcasts. And, you know, I, at the moment, I was really, really happy that we were getting the recognition. But like looking back, it kind of just felt like, and I'm being completely honest, I'm in marketing. I felt like a PR move a little bit. I felt like the spike happened in May and stayed in May. After that, it was like, wait, where is all the advocacy work being done by other companies? Because I, I like, it's great that that happened, but I thought it would continue or a long-term partnership of some sort would come, but it didn't. I think what you were saying, Jay, about how diversity is a buzzword, that people put people on these panels and nowhere else. Are they on the boards for these companies that are talking about podcasts? Are they behind on the production teams? Are they on the writing teams? Are they, We've been talking a lot about that um, with some of the actors and actresses and influencers who've been coming on our podcast lately. And that's something that's constantly being brought up is that, that people tout representation, people tout diversity if you're pushing forward the faces of people of color. And the other thing, going into what you were saying about, you know, violence and people being seen, I cannot imagine the level of just feeling that way for, for Black Americans in particular after the tragedy of George Floyd, but also I think for Asians and Asian Americans through COVID and then for South Asian Americans after 9-11 and being you know, all of it always takes a tragedy to make people recognize that people of color exist. And there's this constant narrative with even with creative industries like books or with movies or whatever, they capitalize on the traumas of people of color all the time. It's almost like you cease to be people because you're just talking about all the bad things that have happened all the time to your people as a whole. So like all of us have experiences of being called a terrorist because we have brown skin and 9-11 happened in the U.S. All of us have experiences with racism as a whole. All of us have experiences, whether it looks like, you know, hate crimes against Asian Americans post-COVID or whether it looks like hate crimes against Black Americans through all of time. You know, we're looking through lenses of trauma all the time. And so it was really hard to, to suddenly be recognized and being, you know, people being like, oh, diversity, let's push this forward. We've been here all along. Where were you when we existed this whole time? And so it is challenging sometimes. I don't know that, you know, it's just our reality. So I feel like many of people, many people of color, many marginalized communities, we were just sort of carrying on. But then the last two years really brought it to the forefront. And then we realized, oh, my God, people are kind of vaguely getting interested. And at that point, you have a choice to make on, do you want to run with it? And do you want to start pushing forward all the issues that matter to you because this is your time? Or do you shy away from it and build resentment? And I think luckily for us, it's worked out that we just decided to run with it. Um, but it's definitely something that factored into our content. I think originally it was just, if you look at our first initial season, pre all of this chaos, pre pandemic, it was a lot of... Um, just the things that South Asians face. And now there's a lot more themes of broad social justice. There's a lot more themes of, you know, like, is diversity enough? There's a lot of conversations around what is identity and where do we fit in the world? Because in the last two years, we realized, oh, people finally saw us. People realized we were actually here. And now we're not just talking to our people. We actually have a platform. So it's been, it's been definitely a reckoning in some ways. And some days it's not so nice and it's not so pretty to realize that you were invisible all along. But other times, you know, we've, we've lucked out and it's been, it's been nice. So. 
I think it's also interesting to see how the scope of our audience has also changed. You know, we're getting tagged in things every day of social justice issues, or they're like, hey, that Daisy Spark, can you talk about this? Or, hey, can you post about this? Like, you know, we're getting tagged in all of these big things now. And so we're like, okay, we have to be vigilant. We have decided to use this platform for advocacy and good. So let's make sure that we're kind of spread a little thin and making sure that we're covering all the bases. And it can be a little challenging because there are so many things being thrown at you. But I think, um, like, you know, we really do put in the work and we do research before our topics and really try to understand all perspectives before doing an episode. Well, that is a perfect segue into talking about the, the content of the show. But before we do that, let's take a break real quick. And before we go to the break, if you wouldn't mind shouting out where everybody can find you online, where they can follow you on social media, all the good stuff. Yeah, so you can find our podcast, That They See Spark, on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at That They See Spark. You can follow me at Nahal Tanani on Instagram and my website, www.nahaltanani.com. And you can follow me at Anika Sharma, A-N-N-I-K-A-S-H-A-R-M-A, um, and also on my website at www.anikasharma.com. And you can find my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and any major book sale retailer. Thank you for supporting the show. Here at Choose Your Struggle, we rely on all of y'all to help us end stigma and promote honest and fact-based education around mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy. And there's so many ways to engage with our work, from our podcast to our storytelling events to bringing me in to speak to your company, your school, or your organization. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as $3.40 a month. And we're so appreciative. This work is grueling at times, and your support goes a long way to helping us keep going. So find us at ChooseYourStruggle.com and find me at JSchiffman.com. And thank you, thank you for being a part of the Choose Your Struggle family. Choose Your Struggle. If you're liking the show, please consider leaving us a review. If you're listening on Apple, you can leave a review right on your player. For everybody else, check out the link in the show notes. You both are, you know, people who very clearly, well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say clearly you have no problem putting yourself forward. I don't know. Maybe like me, every single time you put out an episode, you're like, oh shit. What is, is this the week where I trend on Twitter or something? Right. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you have the same uh, feeling. I honestly, I, I've said this before. Nothing scares me more than when I log into Twitter <laughs> and see alerts. I go, oh shit. What are they saying about me today? So uh, maybe you're, you feel the same way, but you know, this is a conscious choice. Nobody, nobody just um, falls into advocacy. You, that they, they have to. There's a bravery there, and especially when you're dealing with issues. You know, I talk about drug use, and I get so much hateful shit. But at least it's about the content of my words. I'm not getting uh, hate for being who I am. How do you, you know, how do you deal with being an advocate for a, a marginalized group? How, how, how is that on your mental health? Um, it can, it can sometimes take a toll on your mental health. If I'm being completely honest, I mean, I feel like everyone has an opinion. Okay, everyone thinks their opinion is right, and you know, I feel like that's how life works. And so, it's like no matter how much work you put in, or how much like how much research we do, I feel like there will always, always be a critic about something that we have said, something that someone else has said. And I'll actually share an example because I think the best thing that Anika and I do is that we literally hear our audience, we listen to them, and we make sure that if we 
can understand their perspective and understand their view, we're willing to learn from it. We're still a work in progress too. And I think my example that I love to share always is we did an episode during Black Lives Matter movement around anti-blackness in the, actually it was before the Black Lives Matter movement. And we did, yeah, it was way before actually about anti-blackness in the South Asian community. And we had talked about like the N word and we had talked about like do you think it's okay to say it in songs or not? And so it was just a casual conversation. This was like maybe seven or eight months before Black Lives Matter. And I was like, yeah, I think it's fine because I think, you know, we're singing a song. I think they put it in the song. I think it's okay. Obviously, when the Black Lives Matter movement came out, we started learning about this press community. We started learning about like what the word means and more details around like what people are feeling. And someone had actually like called me out and they were like, didn't Nahal say in that one episode eight months ago that like it's okay to say it? And I actually went on this like town hall or council and I actually apologized publicly. I was like, yeah, I said this in a podcast episode eight months ago, um, but I'm educated. I'm aware now. And I've learned that like, you know, what this word means and how much weight it carries. So um, I take back what I said and people were just like blown away by that. They were like, thank you, Nehal, for like saying um, and like owning up to what you said and like learning from it. And I think that is like the best thing you can do. I agree. It's been interesting. I think my relationship with social media and trying to figure out just where we fit, where we fit in creatively and like how we respond to people. I and someone, Nahal will tell you, I'm not someone who emotionally responds very quickly to things all the time. Like I always consider what people have to say. Now, if it's some like asshole just being like, oh, you suck or whatever, like the chances of that are just, it's going to try to like roll off my back. There's no validity to that unless they have something to back it up with. But points like what Nahal was saying, I remember part of the reason that we changed our title from the woke Daisy to that Daisy spark, like you said, Jay, was the co-opting in the first place of a word that we were not supposed to be using. We kept trying, we, we were thinking through that and we wanted to change it much earlier than we did. But that was kind of a point with advocacy where we were like, it was so funny because we actually got a lot of messages that said, oh, you guys have the perfect title. You talk about so many things that are kind of relevant. And our friends were like, oh, no, the woke Daisy is a perfect title. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, it's not the perfect title. We need to change this soon. We're thinking about changing this soon. And it was one of those things where you just have to learn to walk the walk, right? If you're going to talk about all of these different issues, you're going to stand up for other communities that are going through different things. But, you know, in the same vein as ours, then you have to walk the walk. And so as long as Nahal and I are doing that, I feel like we both can sleep at night and we can cope with all of the shit that people throw at us. It's the day that someone says, like, this was completely wrong and you took the wrong moral side on something that we'll probably kind of have to reassess and see where we are. But if it's, there are moments where you look around at some of the hate or some of the criticisms and you're like, I don't know if this is just nitpicking or if this is really worth considering. And then you also get the big things that are like, that's 100% worth considering and we'll change this. And the the title change was one of those things, you know, and you, you have your bumps and you definitely kind of have to take some punches and it's not always easy. There are days where I go off social media. I didn't have Facebook for the first six months of our podcast and Nahal was like, you might need to come back just to be able to promote this thing. And I was like, do I have to come back? Cause I also don't want to open myself up to all the crap that people say. Um, but I think with advocacy, like you said, you know, with talking about things that are heated, people see, people see it in their own lives. And so it's obviously going to pull a response from all of them. And so you just have to kind of do your best to be as compassionate as possible, but also protect your space as much as possible. And I wish I had a perfect recipe to, t- to tell people how to do that, but it's a, it's a day-to-day varying thing. And um, I think we're just, you know, lucky that we've come out relatively unscathed. Although now that I say that, we're totally going to blow up for something awful. So 
<laughs> I also think that Annika and I like balance each other out in just the terms of our personality and how we handle maybe not even like trolls and hates, but also like criticism, like constructive criticism. And so I think like what Annika said, she is just so compassionate and like kills them with kindness and is like very just like wanting to respond to like everything on social media in a very kind way. But I feel like also because of her generational gap, I feel like I was on Instagram starting 2009 and like have completely been like in on Instagram. I am sometimes able to tell you, Annika, like do not respond. Who cares? Don't give a fuck. Like, I feel like sometimes you are, you take things more to heart and you do want to respond, but I'm like, it does not matter. We just turn a blind eye. We're not looking at it. And so I feel like that's where our personality has come for the best of us, both of us, because I feel like she brings out this like compassion and like kindness. And like, also is just like helping us out on social media to like mediate this community and uh, talk to everyone. But I'm also like, don't feed the trolls. Don't <laughs> let people bother you. Do not fall for the hate. So, so the lesson I'm I'm getting here, Nahal, is that I need a 25 year old co-host uh, to help me do better on post. 27, okay, 27. 27. I'm so sorry, uh, your old co-host, to help me do better on social media. Ah, uh, man, that's hilarious. So, uh, you know, a lot of your episode, if you listen in, I mean, you know, t- you do have this crossover appeal. Obviously, you are not only popular in the the Desi or South Asian community. You, you have uh, it's a very informative podcast that people can learn a lot from. You know, if you're talking to some listeners right now who who may I'm guessing be unfamiliar with your show, is there a particular episode that you would say if you want to understand sort of the tone of our work, uh, this is what I would recommend you go check out. I think for um, me, and I think we both have different answers, um, I think there's a few episodes that are really actually relatable to a lot of different cultures. Um, So for women, infertility is a really big issue that is kind of not talked about. And so I would recommend listening to an infertility issue. And for men, we did an episode on men's mental health and how, you know, there is this notion that men don't cry. And so we had men come on our podcast and talk about how, you know, in their, in the South Asian culture, like what they've gone through and what mental health means to them. And sometimes they're just like told, like, don't be a pussy or something. And so I think those two kind of are a great episode that anybody can listen to and relate and just hear the pain and the stories that both are all of our uh, guests are talking about. I agree. I would say that the heavier issues are the ones that are more rooted in our backgrounds because those are the ones that come with the most baggage, right? Um, But I would say that the episode, if you wanted to listen to just our tone, just who we are and sort of laugh along with us, but also kind of delve in, I would say, are any of the episodes relating to dating and sex? Um, Because across cultures, I think that, for example, the stigma that comes with women having pleasure and having partners and doing what they want and having kind of a reputation that comes with that and sort of the double standard and all of those things. I think those episodes are probably the most fun. You'll catch us at our element in those episodes. And I'm actually going to plug one that's coming out soon because we had uh, an expert who just did research on Gen Z and how hookup culture looks. And we had one of our, it was so good. She dropped so many statistics across sexualities, across age groups, across like how people hook up. And I think things like that are really relevant just because firstly, Nahal and I are not Gen Z uh, kids. And then on top of that, like we're, you know, we're, we're trying to decode this, but then on top of that, we have our own opinions and our lived experiences. So I think that's actually a really good one. So I would say anything around dating and sex, but this upcoming episode is actually really solid. 
That sounds like a very interesting and enjoyable episode. I'm sure my <laughs> listeners will, will love that. Um, you know, we've had a couple of different people on here talking about the, now to your point, the, the, the fact that we don't focus on uh, women's pleasure and, and what that says about our culture, I think is a really interesting, interesting point. You know, you, the something that I think we can commiserate on, or I don't know if, what's the positive for commiserate because it's a negative word um, <laughs> that the, the, we can, we can agree on here is that podcasting is sometimes uh, you learn a lot from the responses you get from the show. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, the story I love telling is recently a, a, an older relative of my life. Who I love very much. Uh, we were talking about drug use and I mentioned that somebody who had passed away probably could have been saved by safe supply. And she went, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, interesting. I, uh, you, you agreeing with this topic is very interesting. So what kind of positive responses have you gotten that, that made you go, Oh, wow. We may be getting somewhere here. We may be actually, you know, really making a difference. I think for me, it was definitely my parents. Um, I think that I remember vividly when the infertility episode came out, I sat down with my mom and we've never talked about any of this stuff before in detail. And she was like blown away by how we were talking about this so openly. And she had uh, also told me that she had a miscarriage. And so I was like, whoa, mom, like what? And she's like, yeah, like it, there was so much shame. Like, how could you lose a baby? Or how did you lose the baby? And I was like, wait, that's crazy. You've never talked to me about it. And so I think like, aside from our amazing listeners, it was a breakthrough to my parents and talking about mental health, infertility, or just even dating around and things like that with my parents and them understanding actually. Not the sex portion. <laughs> We're still not there yet. <laughs> I, I would say... <laughs> I would say the same thing, <laughs> except that it's just there. So there was this older uncle in our community who's someone our parents age or older who had reached out and written a review on our podcast about how he was happy that we'd started it because it gave him insights into the younger generation and helped him understand. And every once in a while, like the listeners are incredible, but they're in our age group and there's more understanding there. I think it's all the older people who have come out of the struggles that we're facing or have come out on the other side or who face them in India, Pakistan, wherever, and had it look different than we do, who come by and are like, I just didn't know, or I didn't think about this, or you guys really helped that. And those are the ones that blow my mind. I get shocked every single time someone says, oh yeah, you know, and it's just like you said with your relative, like, you, you love them and you, you're just kind of anticipating oh, they're going to push back against this one topic. They're going to say this one thing and you're just going to be like, oh, great. I thought I liked you. And it's not really like that. It was incredible. And and it's heartening because you go, OK, some of these things are heavy, but people are listening, not just people in our age group, but people older are in fact, listening to what we have to say and taking it in and maybe in some strange way healing themselves, which I think is like an incredible gift for us to be able to do. And for, you know, like what, what more could you ask for? Right. So um, so those are definitely the moments that you realize like the show has a broader reach um, and podcasts as a whole eliminate a lot of let's say as, it's not as obvious as watching a television show and having your family walk in on, on it. So if someone older is listening to a podcast in their headphones they could be listening to us and having their lives change, whether it's us, whether it's another podcast, and no one would know, but they're learning, and that's that's incredible. I love that point so much. I, I had someone, this is a story I've told a lot, but uh, reach out during season one years ago to say, 
that they love my show and it was their way of finding connection because these were topics that they didn't talk about uh, in their community. And, and to your point, exactly, Nika, that it's that you, you, no one knows what you're listening to when your headphones yeah. are on. It's a very safe space. So thank you for that point. That's a really good one. Uh, I could chat with both of you all day. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> but before we, we, we run off the rails, I will say uh, one more time, if you wouldn't mind shouting out where people can find you online, but they can follow you and all the good stuff. Yeah, so follow us, That They See Spark, on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can follow me, at Nehal Tanani, that's N-E-H-A-L-T-E-N-A-N-Y, and my website, www.nehaltanani.com, for some blogs around lifestyle, travel, and dating. And you can follow me, Anika Sharma, at Anika Sharma on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And you can find my books anywhere at any major book sale retailer, so Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Wonderful. Well, we always finish with the same two questions. Uh, and the first one is, you know, this show does cover mental health. So we'll start with Annika. What self-care habits work for you? I have been very lucky to have a therapist. And I think that that was one of the greatest things I ever chased down um, because it helps me with the small things and the big things. And the other thing is to schedule time for myself. My morning cup of coffee is my me time. If anyone talks to me, they will be ignored. It is a half an hour of dedicated time to sit and to think, to stress, to be calm, whatever I need. That half hour is mine. Mine is also a therapist. I'm very fortunate that my company is um, has a program that you are able to get a therapist from. And then my other thing is being a vegetable. I love just spending a Sunday for a couple hours in like veg vegetables stay with like a blanket and watching TV for like eight hours and not checking my phone. And if I love a show like Bridgerton, I will just watch it in one sitting. Wonderful. You're like the third person in the last couple of weeks that has shouted out Bridgerton. Uh, I've never <laughs> watched it, but maybe I got to get on this this train. So. The South yeah. Asian representation is so strong on season two. And that's all I have to say about that. It's so great. <laughs> Go Bridgerton. All right. The last one we always finish with is we've now spent the last uh, almost 40 minutes hearing why y'all are awesome and we need to be following your work. But this is your chance to shout out people you follow, people that are influential, shows you listen to, uh, books you're reading, anything that you want the people to know. And Nahal, we'll start with you this time. Oh, that's a good one. I am a huge fan of Productive Culture. They are doing a lot of great work with just uh, South Asian representation in media. Huge fan of Brown Girl Magazine. Uh, the CEO is a very close friend, and she is just doing incredible work across the board on all things South Asian. And what am I currently reading? Um, I okay, a South Asian uh, like I'm reading Annika's book first of all, <laughs> Love Chai in Four Other Words. So that one you have to check out. But also, um, the Henna Artist. Check out the Henna Artist. I'm currently reading the sequel, and I'm loving it. I think that if we're talking podcasts, I love, love, love. But what will people say? Uh, the host Disha is amazing, and uh, the other one is Brown People We Know, and actually the third one is South Asian Trailblazers because all three of them. Brown people, but what will people say is more along the lines of like social issues, just great girlfriend like conversation. Brown people we know does these really unique episodes with people, the deep dives with people who have careers that are so out there and so cool and so unique. And then South Asian Trailblazers talk to some big players in whatever game we're looking at. And they're just, you know, like people in the NFL, they've talked to, um, to Pyle Kadakia from ClassPass, they've talked to some really big names. So just to see the impact that South Asians have had 
on the world and in industry is incredible. It's a very professional, very cool podcast. And then for books, I could start a list of probably 35 different authors that I'm all friends with, but I will hawk for now Nisha Sharma, Sonali Dev, Mona Shroff, Falgani Kotari, Sona Charaipotra, and Namrata Patel, whose upcoming book in June is a women's fiction novel called The Candid Life of Mina Dave. And she is an incredible author and she's a debut and I can't hawk and publicize her enough. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you both. This has been a, a lot of fun. I'm glad we could finally, you know, make this work time wise. And uh, thank you both for your wealth of knowledge. It's it's really been really been fascinating. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. You're a great host. I want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, my lovelies. My name is Devannon, and I'm the host of the Sex, Drugs, and Jesus podcast. Now, any worthy form of media, as well as our lives, always echo our sexuality our desire to feel phenomenal, and our need to reach for something greater than ourselves. My show is real. My show is inclusive. My show is for everyone. I'm vulnerable. I'm transparent. And there's nothing I'm afraid to talk about. So stop by the Sex, Drugs, and Jesus podcast where we discuss whatever the fuck we want to. Find us on social media. Check the link in your show notes or search for Jay Schiffman and Choose Your Struggle on any social media platform. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was great to be back with you all this week. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with my two incredible guests, Nahal and Anika. We're both wonderful, and it really was fantastic learning from them, learning from their experiences, their their education, worldview, just all of it. I, I It was so delightful to learn from them, and I appreciate their time. Please go check out their stuff. Check out the link in the show notes. Check out uh, the Desi Spark wherever you're you're hearing and enjoying this show. Just just support them because they're wonderful, wonderful women, and and I just am so thankful that that they were able to come and, and educate me and educate all of y'all today. Uh, before we get in the card and the good egg, um, a reminder: please <laughs> use Pod Inbox. It, it is in the link is in the show notes. Anybody who um, does so this week. The first person to do so, I, uh, first person to do so, I should say, is going to get a copy of Yes Magazine's latest edition about pleasure that includes my article about drug use and drug policy. So check that out. And reminder: I will most likely be off next week, um, if not the week after. So all of that. Now for your card, we're going to use the Mindfulness Reminders card pack from Quiz. I am struggling today. Chris Willard and Mitch Alblett. These are 52 powerful practices for teens and adults. And here is your card. Every step you take, every move you make. No, um, That sounds a little creepy, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> put down this card and walk to wherever you are going. Notice every sensation for each of the next 10 steps. I love that. So, you know, one of the major reasons Lauren and I moved to Philadelphia, one of the many, many reasons, but one of the big, big ones was walkability. We love it. We love, we went three weeks without moving our car and it wasn't because we didn't go places. We take, we take the train, we take the subway, we walk, we bike a lot. It's just wonderful. It has been so wonderful to, to change that lifestyle, um, reduce our carbon footprint that way. And our stress level has just been so significantly lower um, but a big part of that recently was I made the the decision whenever I take Nell for a walk, 
I don't put my headphones in anymore. Um, you know, obviously when I go for a run, any of that kind of stuff, obviously I still do. But when, when I'm walking now, I want to be more present and enjoy this city that we've chosen, that we love, enjoy being with uh, Nell, who I love, and, and and it's fun going on walks with her. And it has made, it has reduced my stress level. It's made my my life a better a better life. So definitely take that card uh, for its face value and, and just be mindful of your steps and appreciative of, of the ability to walk and enjoy this, this earth. Now, here's my, I, I, I haven't mentioned this on any of the other parts of this show, Um. If you're still listening, it means you you love me and you love this show and you you maybe you're doing the things that I ask as your good eggs. Um I record I'm recording this on Wednesday. Uh on Saturday night, Lauren and I were out at Pride with some friends, uh, enjoying a drag show and just celebrating Pride. And we, you know, had a normal, wonderful night, went home, woke up, and found out that we had been about seven or so blocks uh, from the, the, I'm not even going to say latest. I would say latest, but by the time this drops, it'll be in at least another couple. So the 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 mass shooting here in Philadelphia on South Street, uh, we were in the same neighborhood. We were, like I said, about seven blocks away. Uh, and it was scary. It was um, infuriating. It was a lot of emotions. So my ask in honor of me and my wife, thankfully surviving this, this, very scary experience is to <laughs> write your elected leaders. This doesn't really do anything. It doesn't. I mean, let's be honest. It doesn't do anything. However, if we do this, they cannot lie and say they have not gotten any requests for common sense gun legislation. You know, if you go to one of those services, uh, one of the, the nonprofits that does this work, any town, those, those, those kind of things, and they'll make it really easy for you. They'll have templates. They'll have, you know, you fill in your your, your zip code and then they know which, you know, are your elected leaders. They will help you do it. Or just send a letter, send an email, go to their page and, and tell them that you want common sense gun legislation. Tell them you want more than common sense gun legislation, gun buybacks, things they're doing in other countries. Do this in honor of all the people who are no longer here. <laughs> To do this, do this in honor of the fact that Lauren and I, thankfully, were not victims of this latest shooting that was very close to us. Do it for you. Do it for your loved ones that could be next. This only happens here. It's it, This is a U.S. disease. Guns are everywhere. Mass shootings are ubiquitous. And that is a gun disease in the United States. So do something. Write your, your elected leaders on this make it so they cannot say that nobody has reached out. And if they are, they are lying. And you'll be able to say, yeah, I wrote you. You're lying. You are lying about this. But most importantly, as always, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle. <laughs>